0: Who's the one that's influencing your decisions? Is it God? Is it his word? Or is it some non-believer? Do you move in faith? Do you stand on God's truth? Or do you allow your circumstances or the people around you to dictate what your decision will be? Well, I wouldn't do that. Well, who the heck are you? I mean, it's like we go into situations and we start talking to our friends at work that are non-believers or some family member who's a non-believer. And why do you go to them for advice? You're a believer. Why are you listening to them? It's like, who's the one that's influencing your decisions? Is it God? Is it his word? Or is it some non-believer? Which brings up our point, how Thomas responded intellectually with his mind. Understand, Thomas was the kind of guy that would always read the fine print. He would say, if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably not true. I mean, that's the kind of guy that he was. That that sounds too good to be true. It's like, yes, come on down right now. We'll put you into the brand new Porsche and it'll only be 500 a month. And you're thinking like, yeah, but aren't Porsches like 150 grand? Yes, but it'll only be 500 a month. They just don't tell you to be for the next 36 years. Okay, they just don't, they didn't tell you that part. But, but you know, so if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. And if something looks weird, It's probably because it's weird. Do you really need to be a rocket scientist? You know, that looks weird. Why? Because it's weird, okay? That's just the way it is. Thomas questioned things that needed questioning. How much more should we do the same when we're confronted with so many different belief systems? Jesus said four times in Matthew chapter 24, the Olivet Discourse that we looked at here this morning. He says, in the last days, many will be misled. Many will be misled. We're told in 1 John 4, 1, he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. There's a lot of different things to believe out there. And that's why we shouldn't believe the fake news. We shouldn't believe everything that they tell us because it changes all the time. Thomas would only agree if he knew what it meant we don't have a clue what some things are that's why we need to ask can you explain that no I don't understand that people will ask me questions all the time like wait a second what are you actually saying you know cuz i don't understand what you're asking me i want to know exactly what you're asking me so that i can answer the question that you really need to know see thomas you know he wouldn't just go along with somebody like yes that looks deep you know no this is what happened in john chapter 14 now let's turn over from chapter 11 to chapter 14 as jesus pours out great words of comfort to his disciples you remember how that chapter started right chapter 14 verse 1 says do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you that. For I go to prepare a place for you. What's the key word there? Jesus says, I go. What do you mean you're going? What? You're going somewhere? Where are you going? Hold on we don't want you to go anywhere he goes no i go to prepare a place for you and if i go and prepare a place for you verse three i will come again and receive you to myself and where i am there you may be also and you know the way where i'm going so first of all this is throwing the disciples for a loop right off the get-go wait a second you're going somewhere no we don't want you to go anywhere what are you talking about going somewhere Jesus says, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And you know the way that I'm going. Well, the other disciples said nothing. Hmm, yeah, Jesus, that's deep. They didn't want to look like an idiot. Yeah, that's deep, Lord. They didn't have a clue what he was talking about, okay? And it's like, but in reality, they had no fathom idea. But it was faithful Thomas with his inquiring mind that asked an intelligent question. So he says in verse 5 of chapter 14, and Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. and we don't know the way. You just said we know the way. We don't know the way. Does it look like we have an iPhone with GPS? We don't know where you're going. We have no clue. I don't know. Okay, understand. God isn't afraid of our questions. Did you get that? He's not afraid of our questions. I mean, he's not afraid of like, hey, I don't get something. I, I don't understand that. He's not afraid of our questions. I wonder if you have any questions for God. I know David did. David had a lot of questions for God. Here's one of them. Psalm 143, 7 says, answer me quickly, O Lord. Why? He says, my faith is failing here. Do not hide your face from me. Least I become like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for I trust in you, Lord. Teach me the way in which I should walk, for in you I lift up my soul. So David, like, man, he was perplexed about something there. And he's just like, Lord, man, I don't know what's going on, but, man, I need to hear from you. He's like, I don't get what's happening right here. He, he wasn't afraid to ask questions here. We can do the same. Now, it's different in saying, hey, way to go, Lord you know, you're four days late, my brother's dead and buried already, okay, so that's a different thing than, well, Lord, you know, because Mary, the sister of Martha, came right after, and she said the same thing, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would have lived, but I wonder how it came out of Martha, and how it came out of Mary, it kind of sounds like in the text that Martha was like, well, Lord, you know, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't be dead right now, way to go, pal, but Mary just kind of fell at his feet in an act of worship. Oh, Lord, I wish you would have been here. So there's a difference. So when we ask the Lord questions, let's remember he is the king of the universe. Let's remember that he is the God of all gods. There is no other God. He is, he is the creator of all things seen and unseen. So we, we, we come to him with respect, but you can come with your questions. So maybe you feel the same way as David. Well, then you need to come to Jesus With all of your questions. And as you trust him as your Savior, as you cling to him as your Lord, many, if not all, of your questions will be answered. And speaking of answers here, Jesus not only gives Thomas the answer to his question, but he speaks to the whole of humanity, to all those that are searching for the true meaning of life, to all those who want deliverance from their past to know that their sin is forgiven, to those who want to know that they can go to heaven when they die. I am so glad Thomas asked this question because look at the answer that Jesus gives. In John 14, 6, he says, Well, you want to know the way, Thomas? I'm going to tell you and all of humanity after you. Billions of people will hear this. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one will go to the Father but through me. Wow. Thomas, you demand. <laughs> Thank you for asking the question. Because Jesus tells us right here, Yes, not get to heaven being a Mormon. You're not being to heaven being a Jehovah's Witness. You're not going to go to heaven being a Muslim. You're not going to heaven if you're a Buddhist. You want to go to heaven? You got to go through Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no woman goes to heaven outside of him. Just the way that it is. That was a great question, Thomas. I could see the Lord with almost a smile on his face. I'm so glad you asked. Notice, Jesus isn't showing us a way. He is saying, I am the way. This isn't through some pathway religion an affiliation with some denomination or a path of good works or wonderful accomplishments oh but god i've done all these wonderful things i've fed the homeless i've i've rescued dogs they've ate my shoes and i've hated them but i've done i've done all these wonderful things i have a small carbon footprint no 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 all your earthly success nothing can get you to heaven outside of jesus His death on the cross by which his blood washes away our sin for any man or any woman to go to heaven. There is only one way. It's Jesus period. With all religions say, do something. Mormons put on a badge and a nice shirt and a tie and go out on a bike and go witness to people. Jehovah's Witnesses go knock on doors every Saturday morning. All these things, do this. You know, Muslims, oh, make sure you get out there and do good works. You got to do good works. You got to be a good person, you know. Uh, karma's going to come back on you. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, all religions say, do something. Jesus says, done, done. I did it on the cross for you. First, we saw faithful Thomas reacting emotionally. Hey, from my heart, Jesus, we're going with you. If we die, we die. He was willing to lay down his life and following Jesus. Second, we saw faithful Thomas reacting intellectually in his mind, asking a question that he didn't understand. Jesus gives a clear picture of the only way to get to heaven. And now our final point, we'll see Thomas react physically or really from his flesh. You know the story. Jesus was taken captive by the hypocritical religious leaders of the day. Jesus was falsely accused. He was beaten and bludgeoned to death. They crucified him. The hope of all humanity was left in this lifeless, dead body hanging on a cross. Jesus' disciples, what did they do? They all ran for their lives, seized with fear. Their hearts were crushed, wondering if they would be next The fairy tale of walking with Jesus for some three and a half years seemed to be over. The dream of the Messiah bringing freedom was now nothing more than a distant figment of their own imaginations. That's until, of course, Mary Magdalene came running to the disciples after she was at the tomb. And she cried out, he is not dead. I've seen an angel. Why are you looking for the for the living one among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Go tell the disciples and Peter that he's alive. Oh my goodness! She frantically told the disciples, yeah, "He is an empty tomb. He's alive!" And that very night, Jesus came to the disciples as they were hiding in the upper room with the windows drawn. Close those many blinds. We don't want anyone to see us. And the Bible says that he appeared in the room <gasps> there he is right in their midst all the disciples were there except for two judas iscariot oh he already hanged himself because he was a betrayed dog that betrayed the lord so he killed himself but the other disciple that wasn't there was thomas thomas wasn't there why why wasn't he hanging out with the rest of the disciples maybe it was just too much for him He had put all of his faith and his trust in Jesus. And now Jesus was dead. He was gone. Maybe Thomas was just so overwhelmed with the whole situation. Maybe bitterness started creeping into his soul. Maybe his heart was just broken to a point where he's like, I'm so broken, I can't be fixed. I wonder if some of you have ever felt like maybe Thomas did. You've been let down one too many times. It's like, this is the struggle that broke the camel's back. I can't trust anybody in this life. I've been kicked and, and bruised so many times. Thomas did what many of us do today. He left the fellowship of the other believers. He became a loner. He stayed away. And it didn't fare well for him. It wasn't good. For he missed Jesus he stayed away and he missed it. He was right there. See, so many times, you know, we start getting caught up in sin again or this or that or whatever. And then what's the first thing that goes? Going to church. That's it. I don't feel like going to church. Well, I'm tired. You know, I remember I was working side jobs and everything and I remember this one day we were me and my friend were doing a side job and we got caught up we worked on that thing for like 14 hours on on Saturday we just couldn't get it done and we both had to go to work on Monday so we didn't go to church on Sunday we went back to that job and worked half a day on Sunday to finish that thing up and we finally got it done and everything and I just remember I was cooked that week I didn't go to church and I worked seven days and I had to go back to Monday, you know, back to, back to the grind again, working in construction. And oh, I just remember, I said to myself, that will never happen again. I will never miss church again. So I, I go to church all the time now. Like every Sunday I go to church, you know. It's, yeah, I wake up some Sundays. I'm like, you know, honey, I'm tired. I just don't feel like going to church today because you have to go to church. I go, why? Give me one reason. She says, you're the pastor. I'm like, okay you got you got a point there you got a point but you know no she doesn't have to do that to me I, It's like this is what we do we're on vacation we go to church we're in another state we go to church we're in another country we go to church it doesn't matter I go to church it doesn't matter where I'm at what country we're in if we're in London England, we go to church we go to church on Sunday it's what we do. It's just how we, we roll these days. And so, you know, here Thomas, man, he's been broken, his heart's broken, you know, and he didn't hang out with the believers, and Jesus shows up and he's not there. I wonder if you can relate to Thomas. The Bible says in Hebrews ten twenty-five, do not forsake the assembling together as a habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as we see his day drawing near. Yes, but COVID, I have to stay home and put 12 mouths on and I'm going to live in a bubble. And, you know, it's like, uh, no, no, go to church. Ecclesia is the Greek word for church. It's the gathering together. It's what we do. You know, we've still been decimated in people at our church here. I mean, we had three thriving services, and now we have two Sunday morning, one Sunday night. But it's like, we're nowhere near the numbers that we had at one point. It's like, where are all these people? Well, I'm afraid of COVID. Do not fear. Fear not. But it's what happens. But what happens also is you're going to miss Well, I'm watching online, and I'm glad you are. There's many people watching online, and I'm glad you're watching. But it doesn't replace being in church. It doesn't replace. But in those times of devastation and severe hardship, that's when we need to be in church more than ever. Yeah, but I got caught up in sin and oh, I don't want to come to church. What, who are you listening to? That's like the devil putting his arm around you. You know, you've been falling away in sin and I've, I've tempted you with all these things and you're buying it hook, line, and sinker. So, you know, don't be a hypocrite and don't go to church. Thank you, Satan. You're such a good friend of mine. I know you're just looking out for me. You know, it's like, what? If you got caught up in sin, where do you need to be? Back in church. Repent of your sin pick yourself up again. Allow the Lord to move in your heart and your life. Let's turn to chapter 20. It's in those difficult times that we need to, to really grab on. And so now, okay, uh, Thomas, you know, he wasn't there, but the next day, the other disciples ran into Thomas. And what'd they say? Thomas, dude, bro, <laughs> where were you? How come you weren't with us? And he's just like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's like, Well, listen, Thomas, you're not going to believe this. What? My life's devastated. What? What next? You know, did they kill another one of the disciples? They already killed Jesus. No, 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 no. Bro, dude, he's alive. What? He's alive. He came. We saw him last night. He's alive. Yet Thomas is just like, no, you're lying. Fake news. 2,000 years before it really started happening. (laughs) Fake news. Listen to what he said here in chapter 20, verse 25. So the other disciples were saying to him, other disciples, more than one. No, bro, I'm telling you, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, this is Thomas's reply. Unless I see his hands and the imprints of the nails, and I put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I will not believe. I refuse to believe. No, 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 no. I'm not going to believe. Not going to happen. Now, again, why wouldn't he believe? Because he chose not to believe. I wonder if we have issues in our life and it's because we chose not. To believe. We chose not to trust God in this situation. We chose not to do what his word says. We chose. See, that's the difference between faith and doubt. It all hinges on our own free will. We doubt, not because we cannot believe, but rather because we will not believe. As many of you know, the story doesn't end there. Thomas didn't miss the next meeting. It's like, I don't believe it. No. Nah. When are you guys meeting again? Uh-huh. Okay. So there was something in there. And there's always something in there. Look, when you're a true believer, you can be bitter at times and everything. But you know inside you need to get right with the Lord. And so when you're the true believer, you can have the rough exterior. And nah, I'm walking away. I don't believe this. But nah, nah, there's something in there. Let's look what happens next. Chapter 20, verse 26. After eight days eight days, so it's a little more than a week later. So you can't just say, oh, it's going to be next Sunday he's going to show up. Oh, no, it was like Tuesday. He says, and his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut. So again, the doors are all bolted, the windows are pulled shut, and all of a sudden, bam, Jesus just appears in their midst. He stood in their midst, and he says, Peace be with you, because they probably were like jumping out of their sandals. Then he said to Thomas, so, so he appears in the room, peace be still. And then could you imagine Thomas sitting over in the corner? And he says, Thomas, I got something to say to you. Oh, no, don't talk to me right now. No, 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 no. He says, reach here your finger and see my hands. Reach here your hand and put it in my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. See, notice Jesus heard everything Thomas said when he was talking to the disciples. Oh, I heard what you said, Thomas. Oh, it was ringing in my ear. Don't think that God doesn't know everything we do in secret. Every little thing. He says, oh, you want to touch? Here, give me your finger. Huh, 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 huh. Okay, so verse 28. Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Like, no, I don't need a touch. Uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I don't know. No, 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 I don't want to touch. My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who do not see, but yet they still believe. Man, that's the money shot right there, okay? That's the money shot. You believe that God is going to deliver you, when nothing looks like he's going to deliver you. Okay. You know, my son-in-law, you know, he started Jesus City Church in Montgomery, Alabama. You know, people are just starting to come. There's a couple people that are, that are giving and tithing. But, you know, most people are, you know, Here, here's two bucks, you know. Well, he gets invited by the guy that is renting him the space to the city council and commerce meeting. They do orderly or something like that. So anyway, there's like 150 people there. And so he's invited, so he's just sitting in there. And so the person that's running the meeting has got the microphone. Hey, look, we haven't done this in a long time. Uh, I'm gonna ask if there's anyone new here you've never been to one of our meetings before. So there's 150 people in there. These are all the shakers of the city. These are the people that are the main people of the cities. They own businesses and all of this of the city. And so three hands go up. And so the person with the microphone said, look, I'm going to give each one of you 30 seconds to do your best little commercial for your company or whatever. We're glad that you're here. So you can have 30 seconds to do your best elevator salesmanship right here. So the first guy gets up, gets the microphone. "Um, I'm from Orkin. We kill bugs. And my name's Fred. I don't know what he said. But my my son-in-law said, yeah, he spent like 10 seconds. Okay. Okay. uh, Thank you. Okay. And then the next guy, you know, whatever, he gets up there, 10 seconds. And then the, the third was my son-in-law two minutes and 25 seconds i'm like that's my that's the way to go give me 30 seconds oh man that's like to a preacher that's like nothing i don't even get out of my opening first line you know so he he gets to my home jesus city church and we're on dexter avenue right down the street from martin luther king jr's church right across from where parks did her bus revival thing that happened back in the 60s and so anyway he gets done and so this older man comes up to him and he says young man i like your fire and he's like Oh, well, 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 thank you, sir. I just I just want to see God move in Montgomery. He goes, well, I want to see God move in Montgomery, too. I know what I could do for you. I can write you a big, fat check. And he's like, okay. So he walks away, and the guy that brought him says, do you know who that is? That's Mr. Kaiser that owns all the Kaiser hospitals in the whole country. He lives right here. He owns half of this city. One of the wealthiest guys on the planet. He goes, he's going to write you a fat check. He goes, Well, I guess that's a good thing. (laughs) It's like God moves where he is going to move. And that's what he did here in this man's life. He moved in Thomas's life. The question is here, what is it that God wants to do in our life?
1: Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977.